0: Well good morning everybody, it is so good to be with you on this beautiful Sunday at PCC for Church Online, drop in the chat where you're watching from and uh, say hello, say good day. My name is Emma, for those of you who don't know me, uh, I know I do have a little bit of an accent, <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, I am from Sydney, Australia, I'm actually Pastor Gary's cousin, if you're new to the online stream, if we haven't met before, I am Pastor Gary's cousin and, and it's an honour to Be with you this morning. I love PCC. I love Pastor Gary and the whole PCC crew. I love what you guys are doing. And and it's a real honor to be with you on this last Sunday of 2020. The last Sunday of 2020. How many of you are breathing a sigh of relief (laughs) right now? I tell you what, it has been a year. A year that will go down in the history books, that's for sure. I think um, for many of us this year, we've really come to a deeper understanding of what Paul was talking about when he talked about the good fight of faith. Amen. Sometimes we have to fight to stay in that place of faith. And I know some of you are already there. I know we've got the super Christians watching, but uh, for some of us, we did have to have to really fight to stay in that place of faith. And our faith went from a place of, God, can you please get me a, a parking spot at Publix today? To um, God, can you please heal my, my grandmother? Can you please heal my dad who has COVID? God, can you please provide a roof over my head because I've lost my job? And and I can't uh, pay my bills, and I have four children to provide for. God, can you um, teach me how to instill a sense of identity in my children uh, that is placed in you, that their identity would be in the fact that they are a son and a daughter of the Most High God, called according to their purposes, that their identity would not be in a political party or the amount of pigment in their skin. God, would you teach me how to parent my children through this year that has been 20 20. <laughs> it has been a wild ride. And I was reading this scripture um, just the other day, and I love it. James 1.17. James 1.17. It says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting Shadows. James 117. He does not change. Like shifting shadows. And of course the songwriter in me loved that term, shifting shadows. I'm sure that I'll write a song titled Shifting Shadows in the near future. There's probably 20 or so already. Uh, it's beautiful. But... I tell you what, I love that scripture. It's a beautiful reminder that our Father in heaven does not change. He's the same yesterday as he is today. His promises remain. He's still on the throne. He doesn't have COVID, okay? He is still on the throne. And all of the challenges that have arisen this year, he already has the solution. Amen? He already has the solution. I love it. It was a beautiful, beautiful reminder. So this morning, I want to speak to you from the topic, speaking to a speaking God. Speaking to a speaking God. So why don't we pray? God, I just thank you that you're here this morning. Lord, I pray for every single person uh, listening, watching right now, wherever they are. God, I just pray that you would just be right there next to them, Lord. I pray that they would hear your voice. God, as I share this message, that you would just speak through me, God, that I would be clay, that you would speak to each person in their individual situation and circumstance. God, I thank you that you know all the details. You are the God of the details, and you already have the solution for whatever they're facing in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Speaking to a speaking God. You know, we have four children. (laughs) I know you all thought I was 20. Thank you. You can write that in the chat. Um, (laughs) I'm not. Uh, we have four children and, um, you know, our two, we had quite a, an age gap. I thought we were done and then, surprise, here we, here we go again. So we have an 11 and a 10-year-old and then we have a th- little three and a little two-year-old. And, you know, our older two, I'll speak to them and they speak back, sometimes inappropriately, but anyway, I get communication. Our three and our two-year-old, you know, sometimes it's a little bit of a different story. And just the other day, our three-year-old, her name is Israel, we call her Izzy, and she is fire. There's really no other way to describe her. She is passionate, she's theatrical, like all her emotions are very much out for you to see. She has lots of feelings. I like to say she's just got lots of feelings. Um, And (laughs) she gets into a lot of mischief and, you know, she walked up to me and it was just kind of looking at me like this. And you just know that she's been up to something and she pulled from behind her a red permanent marker. A red permanent marker. Now, this this is a, a place of trauma for me, shall we say? Um, because I have had experiences with small children and permanent markers in my house for many years, and I'm going to tell you about that a little later on in the message. But she pulls out this red permanent marker, and I'm like, oh my gosh! Well, you know, we're renting this house at the moment that has white walls, and so I'm, you know, and the owner was actually coming for an ins- their first inspection the next day. So my I went to a place of panic, but. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to follow her around, and I'm saying to her, I'm speaking to her, saying, Izzy, where did you draw? Where's the picture you drew? And she's, like, looking at me, like, you know, singing a little song, like it's a game to her. The stress is, like, overwhelming <laughs> for me, and I'm following her around, and she is not speaking back, okay? I'm speaking to her. She is not speaking back. So finally, she leads me to my wardrobe, my wardrobe, not my husband's, mine, and she slowly opens the wardrobe and I'm just like oh my gosh what am I dealing with here anyway it took a little while I did a lot of speaking there was no speaking back uh, I took a little while for me to discover that she had in fact drawn on all the white clothing not the red clothing where it would blend in or the black where you wouldn't see it but the white white dress white jackets white shirts because obviously they look like a more beautiful canvas I guess I mean She's clearly an artist. Um, (laughs) But it was an incredibly frustrating situation because it took me, I'm I'm talking like a solid 45 minutes just to try and get to the bottom of where did you draw. And sometimes some of you might feel like you are speaking to God and he is just not speaking back. Just like my little three-year-old, just not speaking back. You're not getting any answers. But I promise you, I promise you, he wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you. We do serve as speaking God. It is a two-way conversation. Prayer is a two-way conversation. I know some of you feel like I just need to dump and offload on God and tell him everything that's going on. I promise you he already knows because he's seen it all. And he wants to speak back to you. So at the same amount of time that we spend praying, we need to spend sitting in his presence and listening to this, the whispers of the Holy Spirit. Because as we take steps towards him, he will run towards us. As we take steps towards him, he will run towards us. Write that in the chat. As we take steps towards him, he will run. He will run towards us. And uh, John 15, 4 to 5, this is a key. This is a key when it comes to speaking to a speaking God. How do we do that? How do we do that? And it's laid out beautifully in John 15. 15, four to five. It says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So how do we actually remain in him? If this this is the... The, the how as to how we speak to so a speaking God and hear his voice. How do we remain in him? And I'm going to just break it down into a few easy keys that I want you to take with you out of 2020 and into 2021. Amen. Because it's going to set you up for a good year. But I think first we need to understand what happens when we don't remain in him. Because if you don't really understand what happens when you don't remain in him, you're not going to want to remain in him. You're not going to want to be intentional to remain in him. So what happens when we don't remain in him? Well, we don't hear his voice. We don't hear his voice. And when we don't hear his voice, we hear the voices of everybody else. Amen? Because you're going to hear some voices. So it's up to you who you're going to choose to listen to. But when his voice goes quiet, the voices of everybody else and everyone else's opinions who have their own agenda for your life, (laughs) they're going to be the ones that come to the surface. You know, I have this theory that when you get to heaven's gates and God says, you know, what did you do with the gifts that I gave you, with the purpose and the call that I had on your life? Because remember in Jeremiah, it says that he has plans and a purpose. that when He knit you together in your mother's womb. So if you're watching and you feel like, well, that's... Not really relevant to me. I don't really have a plan or a call. Yes, you do. Every single person does. He knit you together in your mother's womb and he gave you a plan and a purpose and it's already laid out for you. Amen. So what happens when you get to heaven's gates and he says, hey, what did you do? What did you do with the gifts I gave you? Because this was what I had laid out for you. I have a theory that we're not allowed to mention anyone else's name. (laughs) Because us as humans, isn't it our default that we're like, well, I couldn't because so-and-so or so-and-so stopped me, or my my kids, or my husband, or this relationship, or this. We're not allowed to mention anyone else's name, okay? (laughs) This is between you and God, you and God. Because actually, you know what, it's actually not your strength you do it in, it's his strength. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. And you know, the Bible makes a point of talking about Paul uh, being an untrained person, an untrained man. It makes a point of that because... Uh, it, t- it shows how when you spend time with Jesus, you are transformed. So no matter what your story is, you know, I wasn't educated. My parents couldn't afford this or I never went to a good school. or No, you spend time with God and you are transformed. And if the Bible put that in there, if if it talks about Paul being untrained just for you, well, then it's just for you. <laughs> you can spend time with the Lord and you can be transformed, amen, by the renewing of your mind. So remaining in him. We need to remain in him to hear his voice, to hear his whispers, because there are good things and there are God things. There are good things and there are God things, and we need to know the difference. We need to know the difference to really get that deep contentment, that deep peace that we're all looking for. We need to know the difference between the good things and the God things the good things and the God things, remaining in him is the key to be able to do that. You know, we go for um, family walks. To be perfectly honest, often I'm trying to go for a walk on my own because I am a, quite an introvert. I know some of you are surprised. I just happen to do a lot of public things. But I am quite an introvert and we have four children so and everyone comes. We do these family walks. Now, my son, Jeremiah, he's uh, 10 years old. And he has this habit, which I actually love. And I'll give credit to his father because he did get it from his dad. But as we walk around the neighborhood, when he sees uh, like any kind of flower, any kind of vine, you know, plants, trees, any kind of flower, he'll go and he'll pick the flower and he'll come up to me and he'll give me the flower, which is really beautiful. But who knows, in this South Florida heat, It doesn't last long. It looks beautiful when he hands it to me. But about, you know, 20 minutes later, that thing is wilting and, and dying. Um, and here, you know, when he sees it on the vine, on the branches attached, it is lush. It's growing. It's strong. And so he wants to pick it and give it to me. But because it's come unattached, it has not remained in the vine, in the branches. Uh, it wilters wilts, wilters, made up a word. It wilts and it dies. And some of us may feel like that. It's like we're attached to the vine, we're thriving, we're strong, we want to get out there and do this, but, and so we remove ourselves. But if it's a good thing and not a God thing, it's not what God has called and ordained, then we'll be wilting and not staying in that place of strength, not staying in that place of strength, You know, um, I did mention to you before that uh, this whole permanent marker fiasco in our home is a place of trauma. Yeah, I'm going to say it's a place of trauma, okay? So let me just tell you (laughs) um, what really helped me understand this whole perspective of um, remaining in Him and understanding the difference between the good things and the God things. It was a really simple scenario. You know, um, when our older two kids were little, like two and three years old, We had just purchased, I say we, my husband didn't really care for this, it was me. Um, I just purchased a beautiful white bedspread, beautiful white bedspread. Now this was kind of a big deal because back then, you know, I was just kind of starting my career in media we weren't earning amazing income yet. We were in a little two-bedroom apartment. We'd had quite a whirlwind. You know, we got we got engaged. We got married three months later. Three months later, we found out we were pregnant. We had our first two kids a year apart. Um, but somehow, I don't know how... But somehow we did manage to travel a lot <laughs> in that time. Our priorities have always been seeing different countries and different cultures. Um, it's just a passion of ours. So our priorities were not in, you know, all the nice house stuff. We weren't one of those millennials that had like a Pinterest board of buy this for our house, buy this for our house. No, we're like, if you give us some money, we're going to travel. Okay, see ya. So <laughs> so this was kind of a big deal that I'd, I'd saved and I'd bought this beautiful white bedspread. And it's about 9.30 at night, so I put the first two kids to bed, like 7.30, and I hear these giggles up the hallway. And I just think they're in their room, you know, giggling. And I walk up the hallway, and they're not there. And so I walk into our room. And Hosanna and Jeremiah, two and three years old, they have permanent markers. I know, you're thinking, why why have you not gotten rid of every permanent marker in your house? (laughs) They have permanent markers, and they have... I'm not talking like a little drawer here. They've literally covered... The whole bedspread in pictures of apparently there were clouds and houses and cows and just, you know, they were so excited. And they're standing there and they had no concept that they'd done something wrong. They're standing there with these big smiles on their face like, look what we did for you. And I was furious. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I remember Hosanna looking up at me with her beautiful big brown eyes saying, mommy, don't you like my picture? (laughs) <laughs> she had no concept that what she had done was destroyed something that cost a lot of money and it just gave me a different perspective of you know I'm the parent I'm I have the overall perspective I see the big picture I understand that this is a bedspread that it is not for you to draw on that it costs money um, but the kids in their little two and three-year-old minds they just see, A blank canvas before them and they just go to town. And it's so much like that with God and us. You know, he is the parent, we are the children. He has the overall perspective and he's looking down on a situation and he's seeing the whole picture. You know, it's a big puzzle. He sees all the bits that are linked to the puzzle. He sees the years that are to come, the days that are to come, the situations that are to come. He sees the big picture, the overall perspective. And sometimes we just need to to trust him, that he has the overall perspective in mind. And we, what we may see is a beautiful blank canvas. <laughs> but it's not that. It's actually something else. That person that you may see you may think this is the right person for me. And God's like, that's actually someone else's wife. Because <laughs> I've got the big perspective. So we need to remain in him. Remain in him. We need to be speaking to a speaking God, listening for his whispers to really follow the God things And not just the good things. Amen? The God things and not just the good things. So I want to give you two keys to take with you today. To take you out of 2020 into 2021 to ensure that you remain in Him. Remain in Him. So no matter what happens in 2021, if we get COVID 2.0 or I don't know, whatever it is, the next plague, um, (laughs) that we're all going to be good. We're all going to be good. So the first thing, and it's simple. But let me break it down for you. The first thing, and I want you to write this down, read the word. (laughs) Read the word. Read the word. You know, look for guidance from the word. Look for guidance from the word. And you may think, well, obviously, you know, that's simple. But you would be surprised how many people do not read the word. They're well-intentioned, but they do not take the time to read the word. And there is so many things, practical things you can do to help you do this. You know, you can read the whole Bible in 15 minutes a day. You can start a Bible reading plan. Now is the perfect time. Set your alarm. Put a little, have a little alarm that goes off in your phone to read the Word. Make that your little project for 2021. And um, you know, there's so much guidance in the Word. It is alive. His word is alive and breathing and speaking to you. You want to speak to a speaking God? He's speaking. It's right here. I remember, um, you know, I came back into a relationship with Jesus at 22 years old. And I was maybe a few years into this journey. And I kept getting these uh, prophetic words about God wants to use you in TV. God wants to use you in TV. And this, at the time, um, I was very involved in the music industry in Australia. But this, you know, television was not, you know, something I was pursuing or or interested in. And um, and I just kept getting these prophetic words from different people. God wants to use you in TV. And I ended up, you know, <laughs> going to God and saying, all right, God, if this is actually you, if this is you, you need to show me in your word. You need to confirm this with a scripture. And uh, I remember God really spoke to me out of Matthew 10, 16. Matthew 10, 16, it says, I'm sending you out Like sheep among wolves, therefore be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Therefore be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Matthew 10 16. And I knew God was speaking to me, that he was sending me out. Because the truth is, it was time. Who knows? We are called to be light in the darkness. Amen. We are called to be light in the darkness. We are not called to hide in the light from the darkness. And I was hiding in the light from the darkness. (laughs) And God was saying, No, I'm sending you out. I'm sending you out. And you know, when we when we get this word in our hearts, in our minds, what it does it it increases our vocabulary with Jesus. He can speak to us out of his word. So many more scriptures, so many more speak to so many more scenarios in our world because we know his word. He can quicken inscriptions to our scriptures to our mind. You know, I remember um, I'd gone through this heartbreak, this breakup. This is years ago, and I had a, a boyfriend. You can um, jump on Instagram and troll him. His name is Terrence, and he had broken up with me and <laughs> when we were dating. And I was so incredibly heartbroken, just pouring my heart out to God, like, what? I thought this was my husband. And God really woke me up in the middle of the night, and I'll never forget it. He woke me up in the middle of the night, and he spoke this scripture to me, Zechariah 4.6. And it says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit says the Lord. It's not by my, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And I just was able to rest in that. God was going to, I didn't know at the time if he was going to restore the relationship. He did, but he He was going to restore me. He was going to restore me. And it's not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. His spirit was going to do the work. And it would just enable me to rest. But God could bring that scripture to my mind. He could quicken that scripture to me because I knew it. I knew it from reading the word. And maybe God wants to speak to you about different situations and circumstances, but he's only got a little vocabulary to be able to speak to you with because you haven't been reading the word. And he's got more in here that he wants to reveal to you. Amen? He wants to reveal more to you in 2021. So read the word. Read the word. You know, in the, in the Quran, us Christians are known as people of the book. People of the book. That's how we are referred to in the Quran and there are many reputations that Christians have that I'm sure you wish they didn't we didn't that you think are not true but I tell you what this is one (laughs) this is one that we want to live up to amen people of the book we need to actually live up to that reputation people of the book so 2021, if there is one thing you do differently, I encourage you, make time to read the word. Hey, first seven minutes of the day. Psychologists always say the first seven minutes of the day set you up for the day. So what do you do when you wake up in the morning? Do you go to Instagram, Facebook, emails? It's seven minutes. And I know we got some super Christians watching. You're like, I spend an hour every morning. I'm happy for you. But I'm talking to the people who find this super challenging. But I promise you, this is going to change your world. First seven minutes of the day, read the word. Amen. And get the old school. Don't do it on your phone because you're going to get distracted with all the apps. Get the old school Bible, printed version. Read it. First seven minutes of the day, it's going to change your life. All right. Read the word. Key number one. Key number two. Be open to the voice of the Holy Spirit, who dwells in you, be open to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Are we listening to that whisper? You know, we're speaking to a speaking God. He wants to speak to you. Are you listening for that whisper? You know, in Galatians five sixteen, Paul wrote, "Walk in the Spirit." And the word "walk" here means our whole life, everywhere we go. So Paul is saying, bring the Holy Spirit into everything you do. Paul is telling us, bring the Holy Spirit into everything you do, everywhere you go. And a a few verses later, he writes, walk in the Spirit in Galatians 5.25 again. And in this context, in Galatians 5.25, walk actually means a different word. It's the military term meaning, means to walk in line or in step with someone, to stay in step with someone. And so Paul is telling us, since we live by the Spirit, let let us keep in step with the Spirit, not behind or not in front. We're not separated. Let us stay in step with the Holy Spirit. What is God saying to you right now? What 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 whispers has he been whispering to you? And you know, <laughs> you know, I encourage you to write it down. Write it down even right now, whatever's coming to your mind. You know, sometimes we're asking him about a certain scenario or situation. We feel like he's silent and, and he's actually saying, you know, I'm actually just waiting for you to follow the last instruction I gave you. And sometimes if we just follow the last instruction he gave us, he'll reveal the next step. Amen? He orders our steps. He reveals one step at a time. And for personalities like mine, he does that on purpose because otherwise if we, if we can see the end goal, we're just going to run and we're going to skip all these steps. But he orders our steps. He orders our steps. And we need to be open to what the Holy Spirit has to say. We need to be open to what the Holy Spirit has to say. You know, um. I had a work situation many years ago. I was working for a non-for-profit in Australia, and um, I had become aware of some conversations amongst two male managers uh, about me that I found quite derogatory and very hurtful, and it was based around the fact that I was female and that I was doing very well in my career, um, which was their, also their career, and, you know when this came to light, of course, I wanted to go straight to the CEO and tell him, I'm like, excuse me, I know who I am. I am a child of the most high God and I've worked hard. And, (laughs) and, but I did take a minute to pray about it, thank the Lord, um, and how to navigate this scenario. And God actually really brought to my mind the story of Joseph. And I know many of you have had a rough 2020, if you, feel, if you feel like you're still holding something against someone from 2020, I encourage you to, after this message, to read the story of Joseph because it just reminded me, I guess, of, well, perspective, shall we say, but also how to keep um, a heart pure in a place where you feel like you've had so much injustice done to you in the unfair situations that are just unfolding day after day. So Joseph, uh, just, a, just a short overview, you know, there's so much that actually happened in his life before this. He got to um, working for Potiphar, who was one of Pharaoh's officials, and he worked for Potiphar. And, and Potiphar's wife kept trying to, in Australia we would use the term, have a go use your imagination. She wanted to do things with Joseph, she should only be doing with her husband, so she kept trying to uh, make advances on him, or whatever correct term you want to use, and um, he kept resisting because he was a man of God, and um, finally one day he he ran and he fled, um, as the Bible says you should do, young people, and she grabbed his coat, and then she cried, she made false accusations that he had raped her and, and because she just was obviously done with the rejection and wanted to get back at him, and he was thrown into jail. Now, this this is after so many other injustices, which I don't have time to go into, but I encourage you to read the whole story. And even after he's thrown in jail, there's more injustices that arise time after time. But if when you read the whole story, he does end up going from the prison to the palace. God does restore him, and he does redeem. And God is his Vindicator. And what really got what God really spoke to me about in this scenario was that that God was his Vindicator and and that he God wanted me to allow him to be my Vindicator. And if I stepped in, if I stepped in and did this and said this and went with what everything in my my flesh wanted to do, that I would actually mess up uh, um, him being able to be my vindicator I needed to give him 100% access is actually what he said to me he needs 100% access and for him to have 100% access to this scenario I needed to keep my hands off it amen so this was hard I ended up I still had to go to work still had to (laughs) work with these people and just take three deep breaths and keep a good attitude but God was really working on on the the positioning of my heart am I going to still represent him am I still going to keep a good positive attitude everywhere I go when I know these details but I am allowing him to be my vindicator and I remember it got to the end of the year And I did say it was a non-for-profit. So basically, they they do do good things. And, um, you know, they offer for people to partner with them on a monthly basis. And I really, I knew that I was still carrying this offense. I was keeping a good attitude, right? I was fighting with everything I could just to keep that smile on my face. But I was carrying the offense still. And God really put it on my heart to financially partner with this non-for-profit on a monthly basis. And I'm like, really? (laughs) And I remember the one friend that I had told this whole scenario to that I told her, I think, you know, I think God's telling me to partner financially. She's like, are you crazy? What are you thinking? Do not give your money to these people. Anyway, so I spoke to my husband, Terrence, about it and and we decided to financially partner. Um, And there was just something in that. There was something significant in that. As soon as I did that, as soon as I even set that up, I just felt free. The offense was gone. Me choosing to give into a place where I'd felt so hurt and offended, it broke the power of the offense, and I just felt free. And after that, it was probably only three months later, after we started giving financially, um, four significant things happened. And I want to tell you this, because I know some of you might think, oh, that was a a coincidence, but it 100% was God. I can't even explain this, okay? So four things happened. First of all, the non-for-profit also ran a radio station. My background was radio. They offered me a job in a prime show with a very high wage and working around all of the hours that I had requested. Um, that was number one. Number two, the manager, I said there were two managers, right? The manager that had actually instigated these conversations that I found so hurtful, he was fired. I, don't, I still don't even know why, but he was fired. Um, number three, the one manager that was left that I would then be working with, um, God finally spoke to me and said, okay, you can talk to him about it now. But I went in with a really soft heart, um, because God had broken the offense. So I didn't go in with my guard up offended. You know, I was actually, I was totally free and I just brought up to him, you know, the conversations that I'd been privy to and, and he apologized profusely. He was mortified, um, And we had a really good conversation and we actually were able to um, maintain a really good, healthy uh, work relationship. And number four, um, just I took the job, by the way. And number four, just a few months later, which was kind of unheard of, they just gave me another significant pay rise. Um, So these four things happened, And I do trace it back to because that was all God. Like there's no other way that can be described, except explained, except God. I take it back to me just letting God be my vindicator. I had to keep my mouth shut. I had to fight against everything my flesh wanted to do um, and let God be my vindicator and follow his leading. And and that is what broke that offense. And that is what I think released that immense favor from heaven. And sometimes, you know, sometimes following the lead of the Holy Spirit will feel a little crazy a little counter-cultural, counter-intuitive to what you naturally would want to do. Um, But I want to read you this scripture. It's in Matthew 5.38, the message version. It says, here's another old saying that deserves a second look. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Is that going to get us anywhere? Here's what I propose. Don't hit back at all. If someone strikes you, stand there and take it. If someone drags you into court and sues you for the shirt off your back, gift wrap your best coat and make it a present. (laughs) If someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. No more tit-for-tat stuff. Live generously. Live generously. And I think me choosing to partner with that organization in the middle of this offense was that living out. Matthew 5, 38. And God showed himself faithful. God showed himself faithful. You know, prayer is a two-way conversation. We are speaking to a speaking God. And if you want to go deeper in this, we need to take those two keys into 2021. And these are our non-negotiables. These are our non-negotiables. We need to read the word and we need to be obedient to the Holy Spirit who lives in us. If you haven't asked Jesus to come into your heart, the Holy Spirit lives in you. Amen. The Holy Spirit in Scripture is often referred to as a dove. Just as we come to a close. You know, I I mentioned Matthew 10, 16 before. Behold, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Be as wise as serpents, as innocent as doves. And I just wanted to tell you some of the key attributes that make the dove different from every other bird. You know, doves never fight, pigeons fight constantly. Doves can't stand noise, pigeons can stand noise. Doves are not territorial. They won't defend their location. Pigeons are territorial and will bully each other for that special place. Doves cannot be trained or domesticated. Pigeons can experience both. Doves have one mate for life. Pigeons can have different breeding mates throughout their lifetime. The dove is the symbol of the Holy Spirit. Many times in the Bible, the the dove represents the Holy Spirit. This sensitive, gentle, easily startled bird is the picture God wants us to have of the Holy Spirit. And R.T. Kendall, he passed at the famous Westminster Chapel for 25 years. He tells the story of a missionary couple who were stationed in Jerusalem. And I just want to read it to you. My dad told me this years ago, and it's always always helped me understand the beauty in the dove, how the dove is represented. um, In the Bible is the Holy Spirit. It says, settling in their new surroundings and home, they noticed a dove had taken up residence in the eaves of their home. After a time, they also noticed that the dove would fly away if there were loud noises in the home a door banging, loud music, raised voices. So they set about not to do anything to scare the dove away. It's a simple story, but I've always remembered it. Let's not do anything to scare that dove away. The Holy Spirit in our lives. Let's not do anything to scare the devil away. You know, in the early days of the church, they, they didn't have this book yet, but they had the Holy Spirit. And even now, even now, this, it's this, the Holy Spirit that makes this book alive. If you read the Bible without the Holy Spirit, it becomes religion. The Bible was never designed to be read without the Holy Spirit. Being aware of the presence of God will help us be obedient to him will help us be obedient to him. And sometimes there is a cost to being obedient. I told you that story, <laughs> the injustice I felt. There is a cost sometimes to being obedient. But if we just allow God full access, he will work all things together for good. Romans eight twenty eight. who are called according to his purpose, and he can fix it. Whatever that scenario is in your mind, he can fix it. I promise you he can fix it. You're trying to work out the solution. Oh, maybe if I do this, maybe if I do this, you, you can't work it out. God can, but you need to take your hands off it and you need to allow him to be your vindicator. Amen? Amen. But to be able to do that, we need to be in step with the Holy Spirit. We need to remain in him. We need to remain in him. So as we leave 2020 and as we go into 2021, make this your prayer. God, I'm going to remain in you. I'm going to remain in you. I'm going to read the word. I'm going to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. I am speaking to a speaking God. I'm actually going to stop and listen to what you have to say to me. Amen. And whatever he might have brought up for you in this message, whatever you've written down, I encourage you. I encourage you to be obedient to what he is asking you to do. Maybe you've written down some things during this message and you're like, oh, I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can forgive that person. Maybe he's telling you to write someone a letter. Maybe he's telling you to forgive that person finally that hurt you so much. Maybe he's telling you to give financially to some scenario, to to a non-for-profit, a a church, something. I encourage you, just be obedient to what he is telling you to do. Maybe he's been quiet because he's waiting for you to obey the last instruction. You are speaking to a speaking God, and he wants to speak to you. Amen? Amen. So as we close, let me pray for you. God, I just thank you that you are here. Lord, I just pray for every person watching, every person that's written down different situations, scenarios, and maybe they're incredibly painful, God. And they've been trying to fix it in their own strength, but God, only you can fix it. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to them, Jesus. I pray that you would give them instruction. I pray that you would be their vindicator. I pray that you would be their vindicator, God. I pray that they would not look to the left or to the right, but they would stay on the path that you have ordained them to, that you have called them to. God, that you would reveal their steps, Jesus, and you would give them the strength to be obedient to your voice, to be obedient to your whispers, God. Lord, I pray that there would be an amplifier on your whispers this morning. Lord, we just commit the year to come to you, God. We commit to follow after you, Jesus. We commit to chase you. We commit to remain in you as we take steps towards you. I know you run towards us, God. And we walk into 2021 together in step with the Holy Spirit. In step with the Holy Spirit in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.